Welcome to the Liberty Experts Podcast, where all your liberty questions are answered, discussed, and debated by experts. Now, here are your liberty experts, Tim Moen and David Birnbaum. All right. Well, I am here today with uh, Brian Martinez. Uh, he runs Honey Badger Radio. Is that right? Yeah, Brian? that's correct. You that's betcha. Correct. I, I've been on uh, Brian's podcast before talking about masculinity. Uh, so it's a great podcast there. Check it out. It, it talks about, um, it's basically, would you describe it as kind of an anti-feminist, pro-masculine uh, podcast? It, it talks a lot about men's issues and yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our primary focus is discussing men's issues and boys' issues, um, the importance of masculinity and its relationship to. I mean, we are anti-feminist, but there. But um, in case somebody hears that and thinks that means we're anti-woman, we're we're run by women. We're very pro-woman, um, but we recognize that uh, if we want to address men's issues we have to move towards a liberty oriented model of living you know and and the only way we're going to do that is you have to fight against uh the narrative the feminist narrative because it maintains an a model of oppression from men to women which is then used as a basis to essentially um expand the power of the state so we're we are about men's issues, but it ends up sort of spilling into lots of other things, talking about masculinity, talking about anti-feminism, talking about libertarianism too, uh, right. as many of us are libertarians. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, this is, uh, you, you made me think now that I, I might have brought you on for the wrong reason, because uh, this is a fascinating topic. I think we should do, maybe maybe I'll, we'll hold that in the tank for another episode if, if I haven't uh, soured you towards this podcast mm -hmm. by the end of it. Um, but uh, you you had a, a, a comment on Facebook, and I was just kind of scrolling through my feed. I saw it, and I'm like, hmm, I'm skeptical of this. I've, I've heard this a lot from, uh, from other conservatives. And your comment was something like um, libertarians uh, need it. to join. I have it in front of me. I can just read it out. Yeah, read it out. Read it out. Yeah, yeah. So I wrote, libertarians, how about instead of declaring yourselves morally and intellectually superior to the conservatives, you try to work with them. Your holier-than-thou illusion of a third position keeps you weak, and it's why you will never win. Now, I know that's an inflammatory statement, <laughs> to mm -hmm. say the least, mm -hmm. but the purpose of it was essentially to get people's attention, and maybe they'll, like, you know, engage with me, which worked because here I am talking to you. You betcha. You're here. You're here. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. honestly, I wasn't uh, offended by it or, you know, mm -hmm. anything like that or even provoked. I just – I've always found it an interesting um, thing, and it's always a tempting thing to, to – you know, join the conservative party or something like that and try to get inside the belly of the beast and um, that sort of thing. And, and so, you know, I kind of wanted to talk to you about that. And I, I completely agree with you that a lot of libertarians are off putting. I've certainly been off putting in the past. Um, and I've been accused of, uh, you know, holding myself to be morally superior or something like that. And a lot of times that's, that has been true. I've had to look in the mirror and say, yeah, I'm coming off, um, badly here and you know uh, these people have some points that i should probably listen to I, I i've been wrong about a lot of things in my life i might be wrong here and so i i 
you know, I should probably check the ego a little bit and not be so cocksure. Um, so I, I agree with you there. And, and at the very least, it's a bad strategy. I mean, if we're trying to win support and persuade people, um, you know, we can't come off as as holier than thou or something like that. Um, but so I, I wanted to talk to you a, a little bit about exactly what you mean by um, joining forces with conservative. Maybe it would be good to start with, you know, what your definition of a conservative yeah. is. And I think we should define our terms. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to probably, this could take a little while because I have sure. a different way of looking at politics, I think, than most people who discuss politics. Um, so when I talk about, when I use terms conservatives, uh, liberals, libertarians, leftists, right-wingers, I'm very specific because I think those things are all different. So uh, first of all, I never... I try my best, and I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty consistent on this, never to discuss political positions from the perspective of political parties, because I think political parties are an unfair way to represent a position, because typically, and more, the more things are moving forward, I think more and more people are seeing this for what it really is. Political parties don't usually reflect the desires of the base that vote for those parties. Yeah. Right. So I'm from the United States. So we have four parties, but only two parties really by name. But really, we only have one party. And I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. Right. And nobody likes to hear it, but it's absolutely true. We have Republicans and Democrats and people think they, they conflate de the Democratic Party with the left and with liberals. And the fact is, none of those things are the same. And the same goes with Republicans, right-wingers, and conservatives. So um, the way in which, when I discuss conservatives, what I find is, and I've spoken to many conservatives, and I've spoken to the liberals and leftists and so on, conservatives in general, their values are far closer to libertarian values than, well, basically uh, most other people, right? And so when yeah. I say it's, it, it might, it, it, when I say we, we should probably be um, working with them, it doesn't mean that we should join them or um, compromise our values or principles to line up more with conservatism. I think that uh, ultimately most conservatives are more. Um, let's say, more willing to listen to the positions that are held by libertarians. And I think that libertarians and conservatives are quite similar in many ways, at least in the United States. I've noticed that many, many conservatives are, you know, for smaller government and all that. There may, there may be some places where, you know, you guys can work out your differences, but I, I'm speaking mainly from the perspective of what is um, tactically viable. And so right. it isn't really a yeah come from a position of you know uh libertarians are just conservatives in denial i don't make that argument i know that there's a difference between these things yeah but i do think that there is like generally a closer alignment i mean i don't think the libertarians can compromise or work with the left at all there there's right. just no way so yeah. um I think this is why I come up with this, because what ends up happening is you have a bunch of people, you have right wingers, of which I believe libertarians are on the right, because my view on the political spectrum is that the further right you go, the less state you want, and the further left you go, the more state you want. I don't buy into the idea that 
Um, I think that this is a popular notion that, you know, on the far left, you have communists and on the far right, you have Nazis. I, I that's just yeah, not true. Yeah. Uh, no, a, I, I, I would just, yeah, I want to um, just kind of, uh, I guess, paraphrase what you're saying. Um, yeah, because sure. you talked about how there's basically just one party in the US. And I would say that's pr pretty much the same here in Canada. I mean, we have a lot more political parties here. You know, I think we have about four or five uh yeah. five but, political parties that but, have seats in parliament but sure. uh the mainstream parties the ones that hold the balance of the party uh that balance of power you know their their policies don't look that much dissimilar right like we, no. we have a phrase here in canada it's the libcons right and and that yeah. you know and you look at uh our latest leader of the conservative party the official opposition um you know he, he his policies drift pretty far left compared to what his base would like and of course if you're trying to win votes you have to do that if you, you have to reflect the culture if you want to attract the votes and this is why uh you know uh chasing votes isn't the answer as far as i'm concerned we could talk a little bit more about that later but even here in, in alberta which is a fairly right-wing uh pop uh, province and you know it's kind of like the texas of canada yeah. and we have um we have a, a conservative premier and government but they are imposing strict lockdowns and doing all this stuff that the base just hates and they, they're rolling out you know, talking about science and here's the what the science data says we need to restrict your freedoms um you know they're talking like leftists well why are they doing that they're, they're trying because there's a lot of leftists here in alberta as well and you know they'll they'll uh go with the opposition party if you don't appease these people so um so yeah, we end up with basically the same party in power all the time that uh, you know approximates culture. And um, I also uh, think you're you're spot on in terms of conservatives are much closer to libertarians than than uh, the left is. Um, you know the way I tend to look at the left, uh, like uh, the conservative versus liberal or whatever, is um, it's kind of um, I think it's kind of masculine and feminine because if you look at uh, what conservatives typically care about, they care about what traditional fathers care about, right? Like uh, external threat evaluation. You know, when I go out with my family, my head's on a swivel. They're inside on the inside. If we're walking down the sidewalk, so I'm on the outside and I can protect them. I'm, I'm vigilant about threats. Uh, I, I enforce boundaries. That's where your mom starts and you stop, mister. That This is our property line. These are the things that guys, you know, that, that fathers care about. Uh, I, I, I care about, you know, when we had kids, I focused, I ramped up gathering resources. Like you, you want to talk about why there's a, a gender wage gap? Well, just look at what happens in marriage. Mom wants to stay home more and they can't bear to leave the kids. Like if they have a job, they're like taking sick days and trying to get down to part-time and doing everything they can to stay home. While I, on the other hand, was like, damn, I got to hustle, man. I got to get another yeah. job. I got to bring in more resources. I got to, you know, make myself more valuable at work. Um, and, and so gathering resources and so gathering resources, external threat, vigilance, boundary enforcement, these are things that conservatives care about. And it's kind of that masculine uh, paradigm. Instinct. And so, yeah. Yeah. And so if you grew up in a house with a father that kind of wore the pants and that you respect, uh, you know, I think, you trend towards being conservative. You kind of want uh, that father figure in charge of uh, of things. Now, on the other hand, the left is more about that feminine uh, characteristic, right? And I'm I'm not talking about toxic 
leftism. No, <laughs> I'm just talking about the fact that look, traditional moms nurture the least of these. They they encourage sharing in the family. They they caretake the family environment. And if you look at what uh, you know draws people to left the left, I think it's people that ha- ha- kind of have that uh, feminine focus, right? And mm-hmm. And of course, then you tack onto that evil ideologies like Marxism and socialism, you know, communism and all these things, um, intersectionality, everything that kind of takes some aspect of, of that feminine and then twists it and, and corrupts it. And then you, you can see how, how they go off the rails. So that's kind of my view of the left and the right. It's just kind of feminine, masculine. Now, libertarians, um, you know, I guess, like, if you look at personality studies, uh, Jonathan Haidt did uh, a personality study, the biggest one done on libertarians. Um, and and he described our thinking as hyper masculine, um, mm-hmm. in that it's super logical. I mean, some could describe it as autistic, right? Like emotions are, you know, right out of it. And it's strictly like Vulcan logic. Like, yeah. does this make and sense? Or doesn't it? Yeah, and I think the most yeah. important uh, value that libertarians hold, like there's a number of uh, different values. And I think that, you know, for some, like, for example, for leftists, it was like about protecting and sharing and equality and all of these things. And um, for uh, conservatives who uh, who are, you know, they're sort of carrying their social values into their belief system, it might have something to do with faith and order and hierarchies. Mm -hmm. But with libertarians, it's just liberty, period. And and that's like the, you know, the, 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 that becomes like almost the only thing, although not exclusively, uh, that is valid. I lost you there for some reason. I don't don't have sound. I don't know. That's on my end. Uh, Let me just check my, my set. I'm still not hearing you. I'm just going to pause recording for a sec here. here. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So you were saying that uh, you you were talking about the different personality traits and how uh, liberals have kind of one focus and conservative. To basically just sort of shorten it. I mean, liberals believe in horizontal, um, you know, uh, like a horizontal distribution model, like equality. And conservatives are more okay with a vertical, like a hierarchical thing, and they're and they're concerned with order and such. And with libertarians, it's just liberty, like that's the only yeah. thing, right? Um, and then basically, it's like where the chips fall where they may, as long as I have freedom. And uh, that, that's all I was saying is that in that regard, it would appear as though libertarians exist on a separate axis. But I don't think personally that that's true. Um, and that's where, I guess that's the, one of the things that sort of spurred me to like make that post. So right. I could okay. go into it more if you want. Um, well, no, let, let, yeah, no, I, I, I think I, I agree with you there. I, I do certainly see far more uh, similarities between conservatives. You know, I, I can have a good conversation, respectful conversation with a conservative. It's very difficult to do that with someone on the left. I remember actually I was... In, on Parliament Hill, uh, I think it was last year, maybe a couple of years ago now, and uh, I was sitting on our, our provincial regulatory board for paramedics, and we were in in Ottawa doing some lobbying, and you know I was taking a slightly different tack than my colleagues. I was talking about all the ways that government, uh, you know, uh, inhibits our profession and how they could remove some obstacles and different things like that. 
but there was a, a meetup afterwards and, you know, I was talking with a conservative MP and he was, you know, he, 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 he kind of in hushed tones told me he's got some libertarian leanings. In fact, one of the conservative MPs uh, got busted wearing a taxationist theft shirt on a plane and had to disavow himself from libertarianism, just saying it was a joke and this and that yeah, things sure, you have to do sure. to stay power. But anyways, uh, you know, we had a great conversation. Then I had a conversation with, um, a liberal MP and, and it was going pretty well. You know, I was talking to her about mental health issues. And one of the things I talk about is how the, the mental health industrial complex uh, has a vested interest in keeping us as victims and making us think that our job is oppressing us and making us into victims. And I talked about my experience in getting PTSD early in my career because of this mentality that was instilled in me and that how, you know, going forward with mental health, we, we need to focus on all the ways that our profession uh, makes us better versions of ourselves, and all the ways that it builds up our resi resilience and, and, you know, improves proves our mental health. And that's how I genu genuinely feel about my profession uh, as, as a firefighter paramedic. Even though I see all these horrific things, I want to be in, in the guts and the gore and the chaos. That's And that, that actually strengthens my mental health. Um, and so I'm having this conversation with her and she's like right into me and she's like, man, you ought to really run for office one day. You know, I'm there in my dress uniform. She doesn't know that I'm a political leader. And I, I kind of bit my tongue for a bit because, um, you know, because I, I was talking about this issue and I thought, well, maybe I can make some headway here with this and, and, you know, at least plant some seeds of how this victim narrative that the liberals constantly put out is not helping us. It's hurting us. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and then towards the end, I'm like, she's like, y you really do need to run for office. Have you considered it before? And I'm like, okay, well, actually, to be honest with you, uh, I'm the leader of the Libertarian Party of Canada uh, on <laughs> when I'm not uh, being a paramedic. And she literally clutched her pearls and shrunk back <laughs> and was like horrified. And she was just like, oh, well, I believe in, you know, we have so much wealth uh, that that i just want to share it and, and look after people i just can't get in i'm like well yeah i, I agree I, I like to share my wealth with, too with uh, you know people that uh, need it and, and deserve it and stuff like that you know i just don't want to do it at the point of a gun you know that kind mm -hmm. of takes away the you know but I, it just dro drove home for me the, the this idea just that the physical revulsion they have to this idea um, I, I think speaks to how it's so difficult to reach through to the left, even though I think a lot of libertarians, I, I wouldn't include myself here. You know, I grew up on a farm, so I had a lot of masculine kind of um, things going on, like shooting guns and doing things. But I was buying the mainstream narrative of, uh, you know, we need gun control and we need to look after the poor. And my mom, you know, she was, I was raised by a single mom till I was five. And so I think I identified with that feminine a lot more uh, than than I do now as a father and, and husband. Um, I, I was really concerned about poor people in Africa, and I wanted to go over there and be minister to them, you know, as a Christian. And and like it was about the poor people and about helping people. And and, and so if you would ask me what kind of policies I supported, it would have been a, a suite of left wing policies at the time sure. before I understand the nature of government and how it's violence and force. And maybe these things aren't best solved with that. So um, so guys like me, once you know, you know, the one the one trait libertarians share with the left that we don't with the conservatives is. Trade, uh, trade openness, right? This idea of being open to new experiences, ideas, change, or that sort of thing. I think it makes us a little bit more open-minded. And so I think that's why we maybe attract some of those people who have kind of left-wing tendencies um, 
you know, at the start, but they're not, they're not dyed in the world ideologues or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. So anyways, I just wanted to comment on that, but. Oh yeah, sure. I, I think that there's, see, I, mean, I want to tell you that I'm really glad that you're describing the left as the left and not using the word liberal. Now I know that there are yeah. parties that are called liberal parties, but that, you know, like I said, that gets into parties that's not relevant. I think that the left and liberalism are nothing alike. So I, I try to be very specific. So I appreciate you're doing that. And with conservatives too, like that you're separating that from right, because I think that, I think the further right you go, the more the, the smaller the government gets. And, and because of that, I believe that libertarianism is actually quite far right. And uh, one of the ways, and I don't think that's bad. I, I'm, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that it's, if I try to look at it without applying a moral frame and I just say, okay, so the way in which we've always been told the political spectrum works, or at least like how it's been talked about lately, it, it has to do with um, social values and how the, you know, you want to use the government to accomplish your goals with your social values in mind. And I think that that gets really messy. Like the four field political compass, I think it's crap. I don't think that it, mm. it, it actually makes sense. And the reason is because there's no such thing as libertarian left. And I don't think there's such a thing as authoritarian right. I do believe that conservatives can be authoritarian, but that's not the same. So, um, for example, a place like uh, an Islamist country that has, you know, that, that is their religion is a part of their government structure and the government is being used as a political weapon against its own people, that would be an authoritarian conservative government, but not right wing. I think that mm, the further okay. right you go, the smaller your government gets because it's the only way in which that model actually makes sense. And I think right. that your values your social values um, only really matter if you're trying to use the state to enforce them. So for example, if you're an American, and I know that America in general, the United States specifically, is considered in general further right culturally than Canada, than the UK. I've spoken to uh, PMs in the UK about the differences between their sort of like general uh, political frame and ours. And they always say, oh, you guys are way further right than we are. And they even include the Democrats in that, even though I have my doubts because I do think the state itself is pretty authoritarian regardless of what political party uh, you're looking at. And there really isn't any real distinction between the two. And they don't even have people's best interests in mind when they say that they, when they claim that they do. And the, our stimulus payment should be evidence of that. <laughs> we sent $10 million to like Pakistan gender studies. But um, the way I see it is every individual person socially is to some degree liberal and to some degree conservative. Everybody has a line that they're gonna draw where they're like, that's too liberal for me. And they, they have a line where they start from, where they say, well, I'm, you know, um, I'm this conservative to begin with, right? right? Everybody is like that. I don't think that you can, I don't like using labels to categorize people in the first place, especially right. when it comes to that. But in general, I think that most people are a mixed bag in terms of their social sure. beliefs. So 
if you yeah, have the world isn't theory. quite as binary as, as everyone in power would like yeah, us to es- think, right? Especially with the liberal conservative thing, especially yeah. because, you know, I moved from Chicago, which would have been considered to be a very liberal city to Roanoke, Virginia, which is still a blue state, but less, it's far more conservative by most people's standards, but people are by and large, not that much different. And, you know, they're, they, they may have beliefs. And I think this is where it really matters. Like, for example, if I say, well, I don't think that um, you can have an authoritarian right person because, uh, um, you know, because conservatism is not the same as right wing. And they would say, well, what about, you know, uh, I don't know, like homophobic um, Christians or something like that. And I would say to that, you know, it doesn't matter what they think about people provided they're not using force against them, either as individuals, which is to take away somebody's rights or through the state. What matters is um, whether or not they're using the state to accomplish their goals, which means i.e. using force. So to me, that's the only axis. That's the only time I care about someone's belief. If they're, if they're like, uh, they could be the worst racist on earth but if they're not using the state to enforce their racism it's irrelevant right, right? Well, okay let me let me kick this model uh, to you and see if it, if it makes any sense or see t- tell me what you think is wrong with this so on the left we have authoritarian on the right we have libertarian that those are the two poles um now the way i kind of think of this line is you know everyone above the line might be uh um you know, what what would be considered conservative, everyone below might be what what is considered liberal or something like that. So maybe uh, more like masculine um, type authoritarianism and feminine type authoritarianism. Do do you think that's a fair comparison that that if if, uh, authoritarians can be either feminine or masculine? Absolutely. That's why we have war hawks. Um, You know, like the only difference between a let's say a masculine authoritarian and a feminine authoritarian is the masculine authoritarian, um, you know, is interested in policing outside of the borders. Is interested in mm. in in, in uh, maybe like controlling other you know territories outside of the of your home country. And the feminine they got that big to... care and energy or whatever, right? The, yeah, the, yeah. the bit neighborhood busybody that isn't content to just stay mind her own business. She's got to be well, in everyone else's business. It's, and... it's like it's like the uh, it's like the uh, gung ho security guard or something. Like the, I think the masculine authoritarian, which you could say is a is conservative. I, I'm I'm a little on a little like uh, shaky on that bit, but I I think that when you look at when the United States. Um, tries to be the world police, that is a form of authoritarian, obviously. Although it does come from the other countries that demand the US be the world police for them. So it's sort of like, uh, almost like a, you know, a sick, like um, incestuous relationship. But the, but when the, and when the feminine does it, it's more like, oh, let's, it's the welfare state, right? But the, the truth is that both parties in the US want both. Because I mean, Hillary Clinton is a Democrat, but she wanted to be the world police. She she was sure. a war hawk. She wanted to send troops overseas and so on. So it's not like the parties make that much of a difference because at the end of the day, I don't think any of them are gonna try to reduce the welfare spending. They're not gonna try to reduce the military presence. 
um, yeah. you know, in other in other parts of the world. So that's why I don't think the um, left right paradigm applies to political parties, although you could look at it from a liberal conservative, uh, maybe more accurately, mac more accurately, a masculine feminine um, approach. But the yeah. fact is, though, if they're 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 enslaving men, no matter what they do, because men pay the net um, the, the overwhelming majority in taxes are paid by men in the United States. It's like 80% or something, right? So where that tax money goes, whether it goes right into the welfare state, which a lot of it does, which means it goes right to women who are single mothers, who are made single mothers by the state, right? So men are paying for women, whether they want to or not, or it goes to funding foreign wars, which use men as cannon fodder to accomplish yeah. their goals. This is why... Um, yeah, but anyway, that, that's basically what I had to say about that. So, right, right. Okay. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot to talk about there and I want to have you on another time to talk about, uh, the work you guys do over there at honey badger and, and some of the male issues and, and looking at it kind of through your lens a little bit. I think our listeners would be really interested in that. Uh, but before, uh, I let you go, I wanted to talk a little bit about how you think libertarians can work with conservatives. Like what, what does that look like? All right. Well, basically, I think it's pretty simple. It's we're at a place right now, especially right now, where the left is really closing in and and they um, they have the mask has completely fallen off. People are getting banned from social media. People are, you know, being added to lists. I mean, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was calling for this. Um, I, I know that uh, they've been talking about declaring like all you know uh, just all kinds of crazy authoritarian stuff is starting to go down and i think that the problem that libertarians face and i know that you know this because in your country it's probably even harder to get something like that off the ground because you guys are further left than we are like culturally is that they have a very small base of support and in the united states the libertarian party has actually lost the plot because they have pandered to Marxist groups like Black Lives Matter because they're so desperate to like gain some ground, right? So yeah. they have to, they, they cannot sacrifice their principles too much, but they should try to find people with which they can have common ground. And I think that not only do I believe the conservatives can do that, but I actually believe the moderates, the centrists, the liberals and the conservatives can all find common ground with each other and the libertarians should work with them. And I think that um, the way you do that is there, there must be an understanding that on some level, every libertarian goal is not currently within reach because our countries are so far left of where that needs to be that people as voters um, they're not going to vote away the things that they become accustomed to, right? So, and this is something that uh, Karen has talked about, Karen Strawn, um, who is yeah. part of Honey Badger Radio, because, and this is, this is the ultimate obstacle, is the female vote, that needs to be discussed and addressed at some point because it's women that tend to vote left, and so they tend to give the state more and more power, uh, especially if they're afraid. So, and this is something the state knows. It keeps women afraid. If they, if they know that they're in a secure situation with a husband and children, they're far less likely to vote for the left. And this is the reason why families are being broken apart and such. So sure. we need to 
recognize that truth. But I think it starts with finding common ground, the places where conservatives, libertarians, centrists, and moderates all agree. And I think that some basic things like freedom of speech, like freedom of association, the ability to, to uh, share these ideas, they're at the center of that. Because if you can't talk about your ideas, which the left is trying to ensure is happening right now as we speak, people are being banned from social media all over the place. If you can't talk about it, then the only thing that's going to be left for people as a for, uh, as recourse is going to be violence. And this is something that we have to avoid whenever possible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you know, the storming of the gates here uh, a few days ago is is just kind of proof of that, that in no way helped anyone's cause except the left's. And um, yeah, it's, so I, I absolutely agree 100%. It, it just gave them what they needed. Yeah, right, to be able to say, Oh, well, we got to, we're gonna have to declare a state of emergency or insurrection or something, we need to round these people up. And uh, yeah, best yeah. believe that that's going to happen. Well, and I, I just want to, uh, what you've talked while you were talking here, you reminded me of um, a, an essay by Murray Rothbard called Right Wing Populism, where he, he talks about, now Murray Rothbard, he's Mr. Libertarian, right? He's an anarcho-capitalist. He's like kind of, um, he's like the libertarian Pope almost, um, you know, in that he, yeah. he kind of founded a lot of the ideas, a lot of uh, our principles are built on Murray's work. And he he's tried to all sorts of different strategies. Um, in his time, he, he worked, wanted to work with the left and, and he found that was an abysmal failure and stuff like that. And towards the end of his life, he, he said, you know, the best, most fertile ground is to, is to work with right-wing populists. He, he kind of criticized beltway libertarians who, you know, because there was this kind of Frederick Hayek strategy, which was uh, you, you go to um, the intellectuals to academia to the thought leaders or whatever and you convert them to libertarianism and then it'll kind of trickle down it's kind of like trickle down libertarianism right that it'll eventually get down trickle to down us, com us common yeah. folks and we'll, we'll get the idea once we get the academia. but what you know hayek failed to realize is how much pressure there is on on uh institutions to to go left. And so no academic is going to risk his job by by pushing all these things or very few are, you know, you got your Jordan Peterson's and your Gad Sads, but those guys are few and far between. Mm -hmm. um, so anyways, what what, um, you know, Rothbard suggested is that we team up with um, what he called right wing populists on on eight key points. And those key points are one slash taxes two slash welfare, three, abolish, abolish racial or group privileges, Four, take back the streets, crush criminals. Five, take back the streets, get rid of the bums. <laughs> Six, abolish the Fed, attack the banksters. Seven, America first. Eight, defend family. Now, those are all things that libertarians should be able to get behind. And those are things Absolutely. that right-wing populists definitely um, have a common. And you could add freedom of speech to there uh, as well. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Now, you, you know, the, the, the question is then, well, how exactly how do we work together, right? So, okay, we agree that these are issues uh, that we we can all support. Um, and, and to me, the, the, the idea is that it's it's a battle in, in culture. It's about it, it's a battle in uh, in the logos, in in the speech, in in the ideas, right? And um, we need to push back against um, you know the the statist mobs and the 
the leftist mm-hmm. hordes and we need to get our ideas out there and popularize them in any way we can. And um, I certainly agree that we can definitely work with uh, the right or conservatives or whatever you want to call them on those issues that we agree on. And, you know, I've actually found a lot of conservatives have, you know, I actually had a conversation last night with a, a guy who was a populist who, you know, we have this other, we have a populist party here in Canada, um, led by Maxime Bernier. Maxime Bernier, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. it's called, it's called, it's called, unfortunately, it's called the People's Party of Canada, an unfortunate name, but, um, you know, we, that we were talking about a merger at one point. And um, in fact, before Maxime Bernier left the Conservative Party, he, he ran for leader of the Conservative Party when Stephen Harper stepped down. We encouraged him to because he was fairly libertarian leaning. And when he lost that race by like half a percent, I invited him to to take my place as leader of the Libertarian Party. I thought, you know, he could be our Ron Paul. He could, you know, yeah. a sitting sitting member of parliament would have all sorts of resources that I don't have to get our message out there. But he turned me down and, and he started his own party. And, I could, and then and then we started talking about a merger because, you know, a merger would have uh, allowed him to get more uh, issue ta- tax receipts uh, for donations. And it would have really ramped up his fundraising. And for me, it would have really hopefully elevated libertarianism to get behind this uh, kind of rising star or whatever. Um, it fell through at the last minute. He, he just kind of ghosted me. He didn't get what he said he was going to get to me, statement of principles and stuff. And then I found out later, I just found out last night, actually, it's always questioning me. Why did he ghost me? Why didn't he return my calls? Why? Like we had been talking for months about this regularly, uh, working out all the details. And then he just you know, ghosted me. And um, the reason I found out yesterday, or, you know, this is third hand information, but it kind of jibes with what I think is a likely story. He said, well, the libertarians have this principle called called the non-aggression principle, and it really limits what we can do in government. Uh, You know, so for example, if, if we stop equalization payments, um, and lower tax rates, Quebec isn't going to like it at all because they get a lot of handouts from the federal government and they're going to want to secede. And if they, and they can't, they can't be allowed to secede. Libertarians would be fine with them seceding, but we can't allow them to secede. And uh, you know, so he, he felt like the principles really hamstrung his ability to collect votes and get into office. And um, you know, so I, I think politically there's a real, uh, divide here where, you know, I, I can't get behind. I, it's difficult to work with people who are trying to collect votes. Right. And yeah. I got into politics not to collect votes because I, I don't think winning government is going to, you know, you, you could elect me a majority government with me as prime minister tomorrow. And I'm not going to be able to do a whole hell of a lot in this culture and with this, the institutional constraints and everything else around me, I'm going to be able to make marginal uh, improvements maybe towards freedom, but those will all be wiped away when (laughs) the propaganda, leftist propaganda and how I'm ruining Canada and and threatening lives and everything else hits the airwaves. I'll be a one-term guy and everything I've done, you know, similar to Trump, everything he's done is going to get wiped out and it's going to be, you know, uh, statism on steroids now. Um, That that's what will likely happen. And so what I do is I focus on the culture. And to me, it's about persuading people and about the, the battle of ideas. And I use the political stage to, um, to, as a tool for that, 
but it's, it's not about collecting votes. It's about challenging right. culture and, and trying to change it somehow. Uh, it seems like a Sisyphean task sometimes, but um, you know, it, that's what we're doing. So uh, anyways, Brian, uh, how, how can folks find out more about your work? Where, where's the best place for them to, to look you up and follow your work? Uh, yeah, before before I tell you that, can I just oh, comment sure. on what you said? Okay, sure. Yeah. yeah, I think that you hit the nail on the head. You see, it is about the culture, because if the entire, um, let's say, if the entire mood of the country is, you know, the government is good, we should it, it all or even if it's just, well, if we have the, the government's not great, but if we have the right person in there, then it'll be good. Uh, we have to move away from that. And that doesn't happen by just trying to get elected because people are they're not even in that frame of mind you have to change the culture it has to be from the right. bottom up and i think that the key to working with conservatives is basically this is why i say you know um uh holier than thou illusion of a third position keeps you weak because it, and i'm not saying you're doing this but i've seen other like uh yaron brook is he does it all the time i'm subscribed to him i'm interested in what objectivists have to say uh, i generally agree with a lot of the things in principle but there's also like really strong criticisms that goes yeah. towards conservatives where there is like there is a lot of room to grow together there right in fact i i have found that when um i who i i think of myself as libertarian when I hang around with conservatives I'm more likely to rub off on them than the other way around absolutely so, you know I think that it actually ends up working out so I'm thinking again I'm, I'm this is no, about tactics this is about what's practical yeah and you're absolutely right I mean this guy I talked to yesterday he was conservative but you know as I was talking to him and, and explaining my position he's like oh that actually makes a lot of sense and you know I was like why wouldn't we want Quebec to secede if they don't want to be in this and we don't want to pay for them to be here yeah I mean don't you, you know, guys pay them out like every time there's payment right. And, yeah. and I mean, the the PPC populist message is the globalists are ruining us. They don't want a one world government. Well, if mm -hmm. Canada can be separate from the United States, sir, why can't uh, Quebec be separated from Canada? Uh, or are we interested in just smaller scale globalism? Um, yeah. You know, we're, you know, so and he I was getting through to him and he, he was very receptive to it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I do think uh, there's a lot there uh, for sure. I had I, I was going to have another point there and I can't remember um what it the, is now but oh it was about the cult I was talking about how the culture needs to shift it comes down to I think that when you're not oh when you position yourself as in the same fight that the conservatives are in they're more likely to see you as brethren which I think we are and and we can work out the differences between conservatives moderates and libertarians we can work yeah. about we can work that out later there's going to be time for that right yeah, right now absolutely. we have to worry about what's coming and it's well, a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And well, and look, libertarians are notorious for infighting, right? And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in, in fact, like two years after the party started, they had something called the Dallas Convention, um, where the anarchists and the uh, objectivists or the minarchists were like at each other's throats, and they just couldn't get along. And they were there's just so much infighting. So they had something called the Dallas Accord, which was look, Let's set aside our focus on the 5% that we're different here and focus on the 95% that we have in common. And let's exactly. once we accomplish that, we can split off into anarchist and minarchist parties and yeah, we can and battle we'll it, out it out. But we got a lot of work to do before then. But um, no, what I, I, what I was going to say, I remember this is, 
you know, there's, there's this view from a lot of people that it's all about political power, right? That it's, it's those buildings, it's that government that is a thing. And we saw this very clearly um, on the storming of Capitol Hill. It's almost like these guys were surprised, as surprised as everyone else that they got into the belly of the beast. And then, you know, they kind of wandered around aimlessly as if they were looking for a, a plug to drain the swamp to pull, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, right. and they're like, well, we're the levers of power. Where's this plug? Like, how do I, how do I make this government the way I want it? And they're like, I, I don't get it. And they just settled for some selfies and some chuckles. And, um, but, but that's kind of, in, to me, that was a perfect metaphor, a perfect example of every time people overcome obstacles, get their, their candidate in office and nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, they, they don't drain the swamp. They can't pull the levers. There's, you know, so we devote all this time and effort into overcoming the obstacles to get into those halls of power and, and, and nothing happens, right? You can't do anything. And that's because, you know, the state is really in the, you know, as Solzhenitsyn said, it's essentially the swamp is in our own hearts. The line between good and evil is in our own hearts. And so if we want to drain the swamp, we have to look in the mirror and then we have, we have to, um, you know, convince other people to look in the mirror and, and that's how we get the change we want downstream. Um, mm -hmm. It can't be, you know, this, this thing. And I think that's where, <clears throat> The, the 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 difference I have or the, the difficulty I have is not working with conservatives so much as it is working with uh, quote unquote pragmatists, people that are focused on it's all yeah. about the vote. It's all about we have to sacrifice principle and message to collect these votes to get into the halls of power because that's the only way we can make can win. Right. The win is getting into office and then being completely impotent and chained down. Yeah. Um, well, that's not a win to me. A win is a free society. And so I have a slightly different metric and, and different tactic. So I can I can team up with anyone who is interested in getting uh, the same message out. And I think there's a lot of fertile ground there with, with right-wing populace. So, so uh, you know, you made your case and uh, yeah. I agree with you. Uh, I think a hundred percent on it. And uh, so, yeah, th thanks for coming Good. on the podcast. Uh, uh, yeah. Help people where they can find out more about you and, and what you're doing. Okay. Well, uh, for as long as I'm still on the internet, um, <laughs> the uh, YouTube channel is Honey Badger Radio, where we put up our previously recorded content, and Badger Live Streams, which is a uh, that's the that's actually the far more active channel. Our shows that we we do plenty of live shows where we mostly talk about gender, but we also talk about what the, the ways in which gender dynamics and the relationship between men and women and the relationship of families and communities contributes if it's not absolutely integral to the direction that politics goes because the purpose of uh, statism it, it, it needs people who need parents it needs people who need parents in order for it to thrive so if we take that away from them then they can't they can't have power right there, there, there are no there are no riots if everyone has the freedom to move around, they have a job, they have a small business, they have a family, they have classes, they have their life that they have to focus on. They're not going to go out and, and riot. That, that's, the, that's the kind of thing that um, typically people who come from broken families and broken communities do because they're angry at the world and they're lashing out. So uh, all of our, well, I would say 99% of our problems comes down to the relationship between men and women. And if we can yeah. fix that, then everything else starts to fall into place.
Amen, so yeah, brother, ba- yeah, Badger live streams, Honey Badger Radio, and on Twitter, I'm at Doge in Charge for as long as I'm going to be on Twitter. <laughs> awesome, and I'll post these links down in the show notes uh, so you guys can subscribe. And by the way, I'm taxing that saying. I've never heard it quite put that way before. Uh, the state needs people. Uh, how did you say that? That that are like children or that. Uh, the state, uh, the the people need parents, and the state becomes their parents. Basically, I mean, it's right, right, that, and that's what it's, right. The it's, state it's, needs it's people who need parents. The state yes. needs people who need parents, and so it's incentivized. Yeah, that's great. That's a great way of putting it, and uh, I like that. So, thanks so much, Brian, um, for coming on. And I'm going to put those in the sh- uh, show notes, those links, and so everyone check that out. And of course, uh, you can become a supporting listener of the Liberty Experts by going to the, the Liberty experts.com you get all sorts of uh different tiers there including uh you know if you're a rainmaker a liberty rainmaker you can uh, come on the show and and be a guest and uh, i'd love to chat with you and have conversations like this that uh that brian and i are having right now so thanks everyone peace out